0: Hope. We hear that word and we think of positivity or wishful thinking. But hope is something different. It's greater, it's better, and it's more. Hope is choosing to wait for God to bring His goodness into our lives. It's remembering His faithfulness in our past and trusting His plans for our future. Hope rises when we encounter the light that shatters the darkness. And when the long-awaited Messiah makes his home with us, it's an invitation for every person. And it's here now because Jesus is here now. This is hope. Welcome to Christmas. So we're in an Advent season, right? But Advent means arrival. And each week this month, we celebrate something unique that Jesus brought to us when he was born hope, peace, joy, and yeah, love. Or we can put some other subject in here too, but traditionally we do hope, peace, joy, and love. Today on this first Sunday of Advent, we lit the candle of hope. A reporter, Ivan Peter, wrote these articles in CDN Life magazine. He says, here are five heartwarming stories of Christmas in crisis. Well, people found hope, resilience, and the power of love during challenging times. He said the first one is celebrating in the wake of natural disasters. Second one is Christmas in the midst of economic hardship. And third, military families celebrating from afar. And fourth, hospital celebrations and acts of compassion. And the last one is finding hope in the face of grief. I believe that your hopes may be included among these five categories, the reporter even mentioned, or maybe you have a different kind of hope, especially this season of Advent. So, so what is something you're hoping for right now? So what do you hope for more specifically? If it is a kind of Bible study group, so I might just give you the papers. It's okay, why, why don't you write down the five things you hope for this season? So you have a five things right now? You can write down? Maybe you're hoping for healing or a cure or the reopening of your business or getting to see people you love or for a job that feels out of reach right now. It's natural for our hopes to turn to the things we want to take place in our real life, isn't it? It's not hard to think of ways we hope for life to improve. But the idea of hope in the Bible is a little bit different than Well, our minds tend to drift at the word hope. Biblical hope isn't hoping for better circumstances. It is waiting for God himself to show up, right in the middle of all the stuff. It is the tension of living through the crap while holding on to the expectation that God can somehow come into it. Biblical hope doesn't mean we gloss over what's wrong. As a matter of fact, the real hope insists we recognize that the owls say, "We probably shouldn't have much hope at all." Sorry. But God, when He shows up on the scene, there's no telling. I believe the story of Christmas, we know, actually starts with the Old Testament, Abram. Around 2,000 years before Christ, the God of visit to Abram, in Genesis chapter 12, says, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And God keeps saying to Abram, he said, I will make you into great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you'll be a blessing. Amen. And he keeps saying, I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curse you, I will curse and all people on earth will be blessed through you. If God Says to you this morning, this blessing. Are you, can you take it? Say yes. Amen. Amen. Why not? But God's last words to Abraham actually did not make any sense at the time. When he says all peoples on earth will be blessed, through you because people at the time did not bless each other they conquered they enslaved and they plundered each other but god promised abram through you everyone in the world will be blessed i don't think abram understood However, as we already know, through the history of the Old Testament, when we look at the lives of Abraham, his descendants, and the people of this Tobus nation of Israel, I don't think they truly believe that they were a people who received God's promise of blessing to Abraham. Because their life for nearly 2,000 years after Abraham was being conquered, enslaved, and being plundered except for a brief period of prosperity. However, even in these such difficult times, God continues to remind the people of Israel of the promise he made to Abraham. Around 10,000 years before Christ, God showed up the the prophet Isaiah and then he spoke to Israel people through a Isaiah, he said in Isaiah chapter 49, he says, I will also make your light for the Gentiles. Then my salvation may reach it to the end of the earth. You know, the situation around the 10,000 years before Christ, the situation in Israel at this time was darkness itself. That is why they were in a situation where they were asking themselves, how can we be a light to the Gentiles? How can we bring salvation to the end of the world if we cannot save ourselves? Nevertheless, God continued to remind them of the promise he made to Abram through the voice of the prophet. Around 400 years before Christ, God visited to Prophet Malachi, and then he said this, My name will be great among the nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place incense and pure offerings will be brought to me, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. When God spoke these words to the people of Israel, almost no one listened to them. This is because they could not find any hope other than pain and despair in their real lives. But God still reminded them of the His promise. I like what Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 4. He said, But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son. When the set time had fully come, God sent His Son. The Apostle Paul said this while looking back on all of Israel's history, especially their history with God. This is what Paul said after confirming that God's promise to Abraham was fulfilled through Jesus. When God had everything just the way he wanted it, God finally sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. It took 2,000 years, but still God kept his promise that's the scripture we read today Luke chapter 1 verse 26 to verse 38 that's what we read today that's the fulfillment of God's promise how he did so I just want to go read one more time with the the scripture what we read today Luke chapter 1 would you show up yeah so when we read again this one why don't you think like this is the it's a part of the history of his promise from start from the Abraham to Mary. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings. Favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth a son and you will name, you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. This story is really familiar with us, right? We know what happened to Mary and then what she did. But think about it's in the extension of the whole history. And one day, one day, angel came to little young girl and then do this all. Do you think this is a really great idea to fulfill God's plan like this way? If God asks me to make the process for this fulfillment of the, His promise, I'm not going to do like that way. I'll have a better plan. <laughs> May everyone understand. Everyone agree with me. So I'll go like that way. If I try to summarize of this all, scriptures. I can say this for you. show up. God is here and has a plan. At the scene of this scripture, God is here and he showed what is his plan. Right? And the impossible is possible. And your hope in this plan going down is that God Himself will show up. And your job, be a servant of God, who says, Yes. At the first Christmas when Jesus was born, Israel was waiting for a king, a Messiah, the Savior the Redeemer, who would change their circumstances. Make them a great nation and throw off the tranny of Rome. They were waiting for a person, but what they really hoped for was a change of their circumstances. So most of them missed him, disbelieved in him, and then killed him because their hope was in the wrong place. Like everyone's hopes at the time, Satan also used them to test Jesus. In Matthew chapter four, we can find the test of Jesus. And then the last one is like this, verse eight says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And their splendor. And then Satan said, all this I will give you. He said, if you will bow down and worship me. In verse 10, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. I like what Pastor Andy Stanley praised Jesus' Ansel like this. He said, Jesus' answered like this. No, I've not come to assume command of network of failed kingdoms filled with peacekeepers but not peacemakers. No, I've not come to conquer the word. I've come to bless the word by giving my life for the word to demonstrate the way forward for the word. So, in this moment, I just want, want to ask Do we want God's plan or our own? Is our hope really in Him? Or is it simply in the change of our circumstances? Are we willing to listen and say yes, even if we're where His leading feels impossible, while he's heading even in the opposite direction of my own? If our hope is really in better circumstances, then we will forever be in search of it. And we could even miss God right in the middle of our life. We end up feeling let down, maybe being bitter, and maybe even believing God doesn't care. If Mary had wished for a stable and peaceful marriage in every way and a life afterwards, perhaps she, couldn't, she could have ignored the angel's words. If the weight of answering yes to God's word through angels was so heavy that she was scared, Mary might have fled from the spot. But young Mary answered like this in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Sometimes we didn't realize the the happiness of the answer of her when she said yes. Matthew Henley, he talked about Mary like this one. He said, Mary owns herself as a believing subject to the divine authority. She objects not to the danger of spoiling her marriage and blemishing her reputation, but leaves the issue with God and submits entirely to His will. And he said again, Mary owns herself as a believing expectant of a divine favor. She's not only content that it should be so, but humbly desires that it may be so. Like Mary, if you decide to place your hopes in God's will and God's plan, God will wake you up to the fact that you are busy focusing on what you think should happen and hoping in certain things taking place instead of hoping and staying focused in Him. In celebration of Christmas, what if we were willing to consider a shift? Instead of telling God we would love new circumstances, why not, why don't we put our hopes back on Him? What if our hopes were fully pinned on the arrival of Jesus? I'm sure we have lots of, lots of story about like your hope, hopes that you were longing for a long time. When I look back, when I prepare this one, and I look back my life, it was short, but it's still I can look back. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is I had a brief chat with Cindy about, wow, my age, oh, our bodies does not work well. <laughs> I know, it's stupid, right? Yeah, this young man, is standing here, he's talking about aging. <sighs> but still, I have a past. So when I look back at my past, there are so many things I hoped, even in the pastoral ministry area too but I will have a chance to share with you at one point in, not today, ran out of time, so I'm, I'm not good. But one thing I mentioned to you guys is when I start full-time ministry in Korea, I feel like I will become like Billy Graham. <laughs> wow, because I'm a Baptist pastor, so Billy Graham, yeah. I, pers- I, I was pursuing like, to be like, those, pastor. But I realized what I, what I pursued was, it's not an actual influence of beligram. Actually, I'm one of your famous pastor. i want one of your, those kind of reputation. But I didn't know that. But I prayed for that, actually, at the time. So I have a, a lot of long darkness in, a, in my life. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll bring it soon. I don't know when, but anyway, soon. If Scott goes bamper again, as I'll share with this one. <laughs> anyway, the video what we watched when we start the sermon, it says, I don't know you remember, but it says, hope is... Choosing to wait for God to bring His goodness into our lives. It's remembering His faithfulness in our past and it's trusting His plans for our future. I pray that you believe this and then you can put your hope in Christ only. I would like to finish my sermon today by reading what the apostle Peter told us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. He says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to Explain it. If one of your friends asks your hope as a believer, are you ready to explain it? Instead of telling, changing your circumstances, are you ready to explain your hope to your neighbor. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for being faithful to your promises. Thank you for your patience in reminding us that the promises are still valid when hope is not in our sight. Lord, Help us to give up our hope in this thing getting better. You know, we would love it to change, but we want to put our hope in you. We are trusting Jesus to somehow show up for us right in the middle of this and work your better plan. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.